Welcome to episode 8 of the MJ Sports Podcast. My name is Mark and I'm joined by Jonas. And this is your week of sports in review. Sports, 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 And we're back once again. For the deliciousness of sports, just slurping it down like I did right there. We're slurping it all into our minds. And, uh, man, what a wild week. It was a quick week, in my opinion, since we met last. And, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, another week, another, it's another game that we can rip on the Cowboys for, am I right? Hey, this is our best game. This is our best game since Dak has been out. It's true, unfortunately. <laughs> but, what? Well, you know what? I, I don't think we really need to focus too much on the Cowboys this week. You know, not, not as much to harp on them for. So, um, you know, let's let's start it off with uh, with a team out on the West Coast. Um, you know, 49ers have been one of the most injury-plagued teams so far this year, and they just got news that George Kittle uh, has a broken bone in his foot. He's out at least eight weeks. Um, my guess is if they're not in prime playoff contention, they might just hold him out the rest of the year at that point. But And then you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's also out indefinitely with a shoulder issue that's allegedly been hurting him since week two. Um, and then I also just saw uh, that um, Ayuk and Trent Williams are have been placed on the COVID list. So mm. um, they are really hurting right now from a mm. personnel standpoint. I mean, they already were, but it just seems like things don't get any better for them. Yeah, that's a that's a big rip if he had Kittle in the fantasy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think most people were already thinking – or at least with how Jimmy G has played this year, you know, not quite up to the standard, and all their defensive injuries, that maybe they were the worst team in the NFC West, which is still really good. But, uh, I mean, this last week, Seattle he pretty much destroyed them. Uh, and I think we've seen enough of Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard to know that if Jimmy G has to miss significant time, they will uh, probably not make the playoffs. I mean, they lost to the Eagles whenever they had Nick Mullins that week. So if you can't beat the Eagles at this point, uh, you know, without your quarterback, I don't know if there is many teams you could beat. Maybe the Cowboys, obviously, because – but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Not looking good there. I, at this point, I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't know what, you know, if you think maybe they can edge it out. No, I I don't see any way in that division there. I mean, they've got a hard schedule going forward within their division alone. I don't know what outside of their division looks like, but, um, I mean, especially any team, it doesn't matter who you've got as a backup. You lose your starting quarterback. It already makes things hard enough. But then when you talk about your biggest playmaker on offense and George Kittle also missing time, I mean, you, you know, that that gives a a big target for Nick Fol- Nick Mullins to throw to that takes that away from him, um, which makes him just that much more of a 
terrible quarterback. <laughs> and you take away the left tackle as well, at least for this coming week. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, it's, it's not their year. Um, you know, they didn't really have a ton of roster turnover. This is pretty much the same team from last year. It's just, they've gotten hit about as hard as anyone I've ever seen with injuries this year. Yeah, well, and they did just trade uh, Quan Alexander, correct? Yes, yes, and they got Kiko Alonso and a pick back for that. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's kind of equal players almost with Alonso and Alexander. Do you know what pick they got back? Like a third rounder or something like that? I think it was like a fifth. A fifth, yeah. yeah I don't I, know. That trade just seems like a transaction of the same player essentially to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, get a pick out of it. Might as well. I mean, you know, players around that caliber are pretty interchangeable and it's not too hard to replace them, so. But, um, I mean, that's, you know, that's just how, it's just unfortunate how things have gone down out there. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I guess they look better. Uh, they look decent, you know, at the start of the season. But to be honest, I was kind of thinking maybe they had a lucky season last year. Maybe, you know, it wasn't really I – mean, Jimmy G was more of just a game manager. And I think they could have been successful with Nick Mullins as a game manager, but just not with the rest of the injuries, obviously. So. Yeah. Well, moving on, um, we can talk a little bit about um, my Packers. I, I can harp on them a little bit. Um, yes, I take great joy in this week. Yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings uh, came into Lambeau, and uh, they made our defense look silly. I mean, honest, honestly, the offense played pretty well. Like, the offense wasn't the issue. Um you know, we, we almost came back at the end there, um, kind of ran out of time. It was going to be tough to for Rodgers to get a completion there at the end anyways. But um, it, the big problem here is the defense, uh, once again. Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 14 times. Now, coming in this game, there was 25-mile-hour wins. So, team, you know, Mike Patton must have already known that they weren't going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. I mean, neither side really threw the ball a whole lot to start out the game anyways. So you know they're just going to run it down your throat with Dalvin Cook, and that's what they do against us every year anyways. And we still could not stop it. I mean, he just totally made Green Bay's defense look pathetic. There was almost no life out there on the field. I mean, the defense just looked dead. I mean, there was just nothing they could do. Honestly, at this point... I'm thinking Mike Pettin's on one of the hottest seats in the NFL. Um, it sounds like there may be some internal, um, you know, some people inside the Packers organization who kind of feel the same way that, you know, Pettin's not the right fit. So, I mean, if they can't, if the 49ers come in and run it down their throats, d depending on how it goes, I, I wouldn't think they'd fire him in the season, but. Honestly, can things really get much worse? Like, you know the teams are just going to run every time and you still can't stop it. It's just horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not even really your defense as, like, a whole. 
It's just your rushing defense. I, I don't even know how your rush defense is so bad. I mean, it's just... And I know it was like it was Dalvin Cook, which obviously the difference between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison for the Vikings is pretty large. Um, now, you know, you kind of were thinking maybe Madison, you know, would be pretty, you know, pretty good like last week or last two weeks whenever he played instead of Cook. But, geez, I mean, Dalvin Cook's just a whole other animal. But yeah, this is how Green Bay has, like, continually got beat, especially in the playoffs, is just being exposed in the rush game and then having to come behind, uh, which Rodgers, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago, contend to have a, a little bit of a tougher time of doing. And, uh, and then I figured that's just because, at that point, it's, you know, all the pressure is just on Rodgers, obviously. So, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a slippery slope um, there for you. And honestly, like, I don't really like, I, I'm not going to lie, watching Pat McAfee uh, interviews with Aaron Rodgers the past few weeks, it's kind of made me start to like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I don't know if I would have ever got, got to this point uh, with Rodgers, but, uh it's uh I don't know I don't I don't necessarily mind him as much as I used to I still hate the Packers as a team though I don't say that much yeah I mean the thing is theoretically we should be able to stop the run I mean our, our biggest weakness is middle linebacker I mean we've had some promising performance out of um, Kamal Martin who was our fifth round pick this year granted he's been hurt for a chunk of the year um, we signed Christian Kirksey. He's pretty much been hurt all year, so he's been kind of useless. And uh, we've been rolling with our um, undrafted free agent. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, um, who actually hasn't played bad. Um, but obviously, it's it's that middle of the line that's just horrible. So, I don't know. I mean... Part of it is you would think even with even with not having some great playmakers there, you would think that a good defensive coordinator would still find a way to be able to stop the run. So at least better than what it's currently feeling at. But that's enough of beating that horse. So yeah, I think the you know I think uh, well I don't know who who the next team with the really good run run offense is, but I figure they'll they'll beat you. Yeah, but, well, moving on, um, get the, talk about the Indianapolis Colts for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they started out the year, the talk of the league was their defense. Their defense looked great to start the year. Uh, offense wasn't looking great. Um, but, you know, they kind of looked like a team, you know, a little bit better than the Bears, like, you know, have a good defense. You know, if, as long as their defense can keep them in the game, maybe the offense can win games. Then they kind of hit a little bit of a rough spot over the last couple of weeks where uh, Phillip Rivers wasn't really doing a whole lot. Um, you know, offense just didn't look good. Um, but this past week, you know, they looked, they looked a lot better. Um, I guess my question for you is, you know, we talked about the Rams and the Bears uh, being being fakers last week. Uh, how do you feel about the Colts? 
Well, I guess first of all, the the Colts almost are like the Browns to me as far as like whenever like how we end up talking about the them. Like they're they're great one week, like this week they're great, and then like you know last time we talked about it, it was like oh is Philip Rivers shutting down? He's trash. It's like what in the world is going on with the Colts? And the week before that it's like oh Philip Rivers is amazing again, you know, and it's like. Wow, the Colts' defense is great. And the week before that, it's like, oh, it's Jacoby Brissett time. Like, oh, what's going on? The freaking Colts are almost like an anomaly to me this year. I I don't know. I think they're going to win. Well, I don't know if they'll win their division. I think they could, uh, potentially, if they keep a a good trend going. And I know they just beat the Lions, but at least the Lions, you know, are at least somewhat decent this year. Um at least right now, they could end up three and thirteen, I guess. But uh, yeah, the thing is, the Bears and the Rams being uh, kind of frauds or imposters, whatever we're calling them, it's. I think it ends up being a little bit harder for them to make the playoffs, just because the NFC is more balanced as far as the talent and how good teams are. Versus the AFC, you have like three top-heavy teams with like. Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, the Chiefs, and I guess maybe the Titans. I guess we'll put the Titans in there right now. So, so your top four teams in the AFC are are really top heavy. Uh, everyone else is like, I mean, you have the Browns, you have the Colts, um, you have. I mean, who else is even good in the in the AFC? I don't even know. But so I mean I really, I, I I mean the Bills are okay. Yeah, to me you only have like really like maybe six. You have three really excellent teams, and then everyone else is like, who cares? They're gonna lose anyway. So I fear the Colts probably will squeak into the playoffs, but uh, probably as a seven seed, six seven seed. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. It, it just all is going to depend on Philip Rivers. This last week he looked amazing. So, it just, what does Philip Rivers do? I think that's what it's going to come down to in the end. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Their defense is good enough to keep them in games, but Philip Rivers has got to be able to at least move the ball down the field with them and get them in the end zone. I mean, you know, they're they're – their rushing game actually struggled a little bit this last this last week, um, which has been kind of what's actually helped carry their offense a little bit previously in the season. So um, definitely a big thing that Phil Rivers was able to step up. Yeah, and I don't know. This is kind of what we've seen out of Phil Rivers over his career. Not necessarily game by game where he's been so, like, inconsistent, you know, like week in, week out. But the Chargers with Philip Rivers were always like one year they're eleven and five, and you know they beat the Ravens in the wild card the the first year they had Lamar Jackson, and you're thinking well maybe the Chargers could pull off and beat, I think it was the Patriots or maybe, or it was Patriots or the Chiefs in the divisional round, and I mean they didn't have quite enough to you know to win that that game but. Uh, and then last year they have essentially the same exact team. And they go five and eleven. So it's just this is who Philip Rivers is, unfortunately. 
I think that's why a lot of Colts fans didn't necessarily want him. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he still is an improvement over Jacoby Brissett because he does have, I feel like, a little bit higher ceiling, even though he's like 80 years old. But, but yeah, I think they'll squeak in. But, like I said, to be honest, I don't think it'll matter because I think you're looking at the top three or four teams in AFC having the chance. So... Well, let's talk about a team that's going to get a chance but probably doesn't deserve it. Um, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, okay. They, they, they came out, they beat the Cowboys this week. I'm pretty sure that... Look, wasn't... look, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, they didn't beat the Cowboys. Can I just... The Cowboys beat themselves, even though, yes, we were playing with our third-string, seventh-round rookie uh our defense forced four turnovers and obviously you know a couple of those you know Carson Wentz's at least one of those interceptions was just like what are you doing Carson Wentz you know but uh you know our defense played with some emotion and uh you know they forced the four turnovers and then on our on the first turnover, we we have the ball, you know, move the ball from about midfield to first and goal, first second goal, and our rookie quarterback gets strip sacked from the right side, and he's looking, you know, to the left side of the field, and it's like we could have had at least field goal there. Um, and I mean, if you can't do anything with turnovers, you know, it's just. What can you do? I mean, one of the touchdowns, I don't know if you saw, one of the, the, the defensive touchdown that the Eagles got, uh, the guy, so a, an Eagles defensive lineman recovered it, was on the ground. He was holding the ball, got touched by, I think, Blake Jarwin, and then chucked the ball just down the field, just like while he was like lying on the ground. And then that freaking cornerback picked it up and ran for a touchdown, and they reviewed it and said, it was all good, and Chris Collinsworth was just like, "What in the world is happening right now?" But that was pretty funny. So our defense only allowed 14 points on the Eagles' offense, and we're a hor- you know we're horrible defense this year. So I don't know. I I think if another game where if we had Prescott, even with the rest of our team being terrible, I mean this reminded me of last year. I don't know if you remember, we beat the Eagles. In, da- uh, in Dallas about like week 7 or 8 and uh, we beat him like 40 to 10 and we forced 3 turnovers from Carson Wentz and just absolutely demolished them and I mean we had pretty much the same team so I, I figure if we would have had Prescott that game you know we-, we probably score more points and I hate to say it but it might be time to pay Dak Prescott <laughs> man our offense is so bad without him and at some, you know, you just got to take what you can get in the NFL as far as the quarterback position goes. Because unless we get Trevor Lawrence, I, I would not feel good about any other quarterback in the league. Yeah, I'll, you pretty much said it all. So I'm, I'm not gonna take up any more time talking about this. We give the Cowboys plenty of coverage all, and already. And yeah, no, it's all good. I just felt like I, I needed to just rant on that one. Nope, completely understandable. Uh, let's talk about another one of your teams, uh, the Titans, who you predicted to go 16-0. and um, Whoa, Mark. 
You're leaving out the or nine and seven. Or nine or nine and seven, which the sixteen and zero is clearly off the table after they blew it against the Bengals, uh, which absolutely shocked me. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people did. I mean, what? Just what? What's your like? initial reaction from that game besides just utter shock <laughs> so i think it's a little bit of a fluke i think they're going through a bit of a rough patch kind of like what the packers have gone through you know you, you start out hot out of the gate everything seems to be clicking kind of hit a little bit of a rough spot i think they're gonna be fine i just think they probably came into this game a little overconfident against cincinnati and I mean, got to give credit to Cincinnati. I mean, they they went out and they played a good game. I mean. Yeah, and they didn't choke for once. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow played well. The defense played well. I mean, it's about as much as you could ask for from the Bengals. So, I I think I think uh, Mike Vrabel's going to get his. You know, he he's a he's a good coach. I've we've seen what the weapons that this team has. You know, you've got Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry still put up a good game. You know, they've got A.J. Brown. I mean, they're they're going to be fine. Yeah, well, I guess uh, it's hard. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. Um, but, and who knows, I might end up picking them way more than the, the nine games to seven. But uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Mark. I'm going to say... And if you recall, uh, from just a couple years ago, whenever the Colts were like 2-5, and five, and I said, the Colts are going to make the playoffs and win a playoff game with Andrew Luck. And what they do? They ended up going like 10-6, and six, made the playoffs, won a playoff game. I'm going to say the same thing happens. The Colts are going to uh, not necessarily run the table, but they are going to run that division probably end up around the 10 and 6 mark and uh i'm gonna say they win the division and uh well they don't win a playoff game but uh the titans are not gonna win the division actually that, that's my bold prediction well both teams are five and two so I... the colts are five and two oh my goodness i thought they were like four and four nope they're well that is wild so. Yeah, well, maybe they go 11-5. and five. Who knows? The Colts... You know what? The Colts are going to win a playoff game. I changed my mind. They're winning a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, no, they're... Forget I, what everything I said about the last second about the Colts maybe looking good. Never mind that. They're going to look great. They're going 10-6. and six. <laughs> And uh, they're going to... Oh, man, but they probably play Baltimore. You know what? Never mind. They don't win a playoff game, but they win the division because they won't beat Baltimore. Okay, that's the end of that just random tangent. All right. Well, what do you think? The Titans win the division or the Colts? Let me, let me, let me think about this for just a little second here. I, I, I think the Titans Titans end up winning the division. I mean, both, do, both teams in my mind are playoff teams. Like You're 5-2 and two at this point. Unless you completely choke away the rest of your season, you're probably in the playoffs. Okay, Mark. I just realized something. 
I do think the Colts are going to win the pl- a playoff game because I think they'll end up being the three. I think whoever wins this division will be the three seed and won't have to play Baltimore. They'll most likely play the other team. Uh, so it'd be the Colts versus Titans in Indianapolis or in Nashville. So maybe they do win the playoff game, regardless of if they win the division. Wild. I don't know. That was kind of just a weird... (laughs) I don't know what that was. That was like some conspiracy theorist stuff right there. I don't know. (laughs) Let's just move on to something that I consider to be a fact. The Steelers are the best team in the league. Okay, Mark, Mark. Steelers 16-0. You know what? Let me pull up their schedule real quick. I've got it right here. All right. So they've got Dallas... Next. That's a win. Easy win. They've got the Bengals. That's a win. Win. They've got Jacksonville. That's a win. They've oh got Baltimore. They've got Baltimore. But did, but did they just play in Baltimore or in Pittsburgh this past week? They played in Baltimore. Ooh. So man, that might be looking good for them. Yeah. Um, too. And then they've got Washington Football Team. That's a win. They've Unless got- Alex Smith. Pulls out something weird. They've they've got Buffalo. And How's then, bu- Buffalo six and two? Then they've got the Bengals again. Then they've got the Colts, and then they've got Cleveland. They've got maybe three more hard games. I mean, Baltimore, I think, could be another toss up, and that's a Thursday night game too, which is could be. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a good Thursday night game. I think. And the Bills on a Sunday night game that could that could be pretty good. And the and the Colts those three games are going to be the only three hard ones left. Yeah, I mean my thing with the Steelers is, as long as Big Ben is healthy, they are a great team. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fourteen and two, which would be the best record. Um, I think they'll I think they'll probably lose to Baltimore there in the rematch uh and i don't know I, I feel like either the colts or the Bengals might be able to pull out one of those games just off of sheer luck but i i don't know if the Bengals do but i don't know you didn't think they'd beat the titans so yeah but i think the steelers are a much better team than a titan than the titans so that's fair that's fair so 16 now it's a possibility you're saying. I, I'm I'm gonna go with it. You know, I've I've picked the Steelers in every game this year, so I'm gonna keep picking them. You know, you might as well. But um, well, that wraps that up. I guess you know, we had a big event happen yesterday. Something that changed the outlook of this nation. You know, could could change how the country looks over the next couple of years. The NFL trade deadline. Yes. Or should I say the lack of the NFL trade deadline. There was yes. almost no action. I think the biggest rumors were probably the rumors of Will Fuller uh, potentially going to the Packers. Uh, however, the Texans wanted a second-round pick for eight games of Will Fuller, 
um, which is a little bit steep if you ask me, especially for somebody who's proven he can't stay on the field uh, for a full season. So I don't mind the Packers not picking him up, but I think honestly with the hesitancy, there's a lot of hesitancy in teams uh, for a couple of reasons. One of those being um, you've got the COVID protocols, so, you know, a player can't just jump in as quite as soon. Um, so depending on when the trade finally processes, everything gets approved, they could end up missing an extra game or two, which if you're getting a rental, that's a big deal. Um, you know, not as much if you're trading for a guy who's got more than the season in his contract. I think the, the other big thing is um, nobody knows what the salary cap's going to look like next year. And a lot of teams right now are trying to focus on retaining some of the talent that they have. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the big reason behind it. Yeah, yeah, I think it is uh, mostly due to the, you know, the good old virus. Um, and I was like, whenever the MLB trade, trade deadline came around, I was honestly uh, surprised to see so much action. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you had you know you had a bunch of lower tier trades. I mean, you had Desmond King to the Titans for a six round pick, which was honestly I guess you could consider that a steal for the Titans almost. Um, and yeah, I don't think I think the Packers are probably I, I, the Packers should have made a trade for for a wide receiver, um, but. I do agree. I think the Will Fuller was maybe a little bit too steep there. Uh, so I I was thinking more. I, I heard that there was some interest in Kenny Stills with the Texans as well. Um, would not have commanded a second rounder for sure. I also heard some connections potentially maybe to John Ross. Um, mm. who, would, who would be an interesting person to add? You know, I think John Ross really just needs a new change of scenery. I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't think he's. I don't think he'd solve much for you. Well, you clearly haven't paid much attention to some of our wide receiver depth. Uh, well, no, I get that, but I, I mean, you were talking about Will Fuller not staying healthy. I mean, that's literally been John Ross's well, whole career. Yeah, you're, granted, you're right. it'd be like a seventh round pick, maybe. Right. Well, well, that's what that's what I'm thinking, and I think he'd still have an extra year of control. You know, Packers are looking for low cost. You know, they're right now they're pressed up against the cap. Right. You know, they'd be looking for um, low salary. You know, how much? How much is like Robert Woods making? I feel like that could have been a good trade if you could have fit it in, but. Uh, I I think he's a little bit too rich for. Because the, the issue is we've got about six million in cap right now. And we still have to try to re-sign Aaron Jones or David Bakhtiari. Uh, Jamal Williams is coming up. Kevin King's coming up. I mean, that's you're not going to be able to keep all those guys. You guys are. You guys are just going to have to let Jamal Williams go. I think. Uh, again, I. But I, I mean, you just drafted see... that guy. You just unless you let Aaron Jones go. Yeah, I, I think you're only going to be able to keep one of those two guys. Right. And you just drafted that guy. Who I figure it was kind of their thinking was, okay, we're just gonna draft a guy and then he'll just be the new 
Jamal Williams to whoever we end up signing. You know, so I, I think it's going to be dependent on if Aaron Jones wants top tier running back money. They will not pay him that. They would rather pay David Bakhtiari to protect Rogers' blind side than you know do that. And Jamal Williams, you know, Aaron Jones has missed the last couple of weeks. Jamal Williams has played just fine. Jamal Williams is a good running back. Oh, I. Yeah, well, I almost, uh, this was what I was hoping they would do with, you know, what happened with Elliot was we play Pollard for the first three or four games, and he looks just as good, then Elliot has to take a pay cut, you know, so you guys would actually be like the first smart team in the f- past five years to not pay your running back like a bajillion dollars, so. Yeah, but not to spend too much time on the Packers, but that was the yeah, you know, yeah. Big, you know do, rumor of the do you think if you guys didn't pay him and nobody else wanted to pay him very very much, do you think that would reset the running back market to back where it was like five to ten years ago? That's tough. I, I really don't know. Um, Aaron Jones isn't quite the typical type of running back that we've seen big contracts get paid out to, though. You know, he... Granted, he's he's a much different type of player. Like he he's not out there, you know, breaking tackles in the normal way, stiff arming guys. He's kind of someone that we can line up anywhere on the field as a wide receiver, and he just makes a ton of plays. So I don't know if it would reset the market. I don't know. I mean, right now, I, I think he could say he's a top five running back. Oh, so no, I, I, I think agree. if I think if if everyone chose not to pay him, you know Zeke and Todd Gurley money, I, I don't know. I, I well, yeah. I, well, like you're yeah. Go go ahead. I'll let you finish. Well, part of it too. Aaron Jones has not been a healthy player over his career. Aside from last year, he hasn't played much more. I I think he's. Prior to last year, he hadn't played in more than 10 games in a season. Like, you know, he's just he kind of has a lot of injuries. He's he's missed two games due to a calf injury this year already. You know, part of that's being, the Packers being cautious. You know, they they know that their offense flows. You know, he's a big part of that offense. But, you know, he's, he's not quite as durable, um, which I think will prevent some teams. I, I don't see him getting a max contract personally. I, someone will pay him good money if the Packers don't, but it, he's not going to reset the market, and he probably won't exactly rival like Zeke's deal. Yeah, yeah, it, he almost seems like he might get like Demarco Murray money from about. Wow, that's hard to believe. That was only five years ago, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, where it's kind of like middle of the road type money. Yeah, and, and I'll be clear, I love Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a ton of fun to watch. If I had to pick Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, you know, I'd, I'd pick Aaron Jones. But when you're talking about what makes financial sense, if you can sign Jamal Williams and David Bakhtiari instead of just picking Aaron Jones and no Bakhtiari, I think that's a better move. So, you know, that's that's strictly where I'm coming from on that opinion. But yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's where, you know, 
I mean, you are a part owner here, Mark. So this is clearly good thinking by you. Yeah, that's 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 correct. You know, I've I've spent a lot of t- time. Uh, you know, I, I like to go to team practices whenever I can. <laughs> um, you know, I I get emails and updates about the players. Uh, you know, I I talked to uh, I talked to Aaron. I'm not gonna, you know, let let you know which Aaron, but I talked <laughs> to Aaron quite a bit. Um, you know, we. We actually have PDAs, if, uh, if you know what those are, uh, <laughs> and, and we, we communicate on those, so. Uh, yeah. Well, this brings me to probably the most entertaining thing to me from this past week, which is the complete lack of good quarterback play from this, uh, you know, week eight. Because boy, oh boy, all I saw was complete and utter garbage. And uh, that got me to thinking that we should rank, you know, our top ten worst quarterbacks that were projected to be mediocre to decent, you know, to semi good, I guess, or good if you if you will. So our our top ten worst quarterbacks that should have been better this season. If if you catch what I'm trying to say, I mean, am I saying this uh, you know clearly enough, Mark? Yeah. So we are not including quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew or Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones. They were not projected to be good quarterbacks, you know. So we're we're talking about guys who. If you're looking at quarterback rankings, are probably more in that like, you know, like 15-ish to you know like low 20-ish range, maybe like. You know. I mean, maybe even guys that might you might say are higher, right? right. That are just underperforming, and you know, some of the people, at least on my list, might surprise some people, and uh, and also to be clear, we're not talking about guys like Patrick Mahomes. You know, who is, you know, Russell Wilson, who have just been, I even throw Kyler Murray in there if you want, who have just been flat out ridiculous this season, which, you know, at least Russ and Mahomes, you kind of knew that already. But obviously, if they were underperforming, they could be on this list, but they're not, so they're not on this list, at least for me. Maybe for Mark, maybe Mark's a crazy person, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you go ahead and go, go ahead with your list first. Okay. Do you have any of yours prepared already? <laughs> you, you know, I've I've actually looked through your list and I've looked through it, and I don't agree with the order of it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll just throw this. You know, I don't have Tom Brady online. You know, I don't know if you'd say he's, you know, underperforming uh, with the Buccaneers. I would say he's overperforming, to be honest. But, you know, I I don't know if there's anybody else that you thought of that I didn't include um well I'll 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 get to that you know okay I'm gonna start at at number 10 so the least worst I guess uh hopefully that makes sense um so I guess the best of these so-called underperformers um and this might surprise some people but he is I put him on this list uh, solely because, you know, 
I think he is playing more like what at least I thought he was going to play like uh, in his career, and that is Lamar Jackson. Um, now, keep in mind, he still is having a pretty good season. You know, the Ravens are like 6-2 and two or whatever, 5-2, and two, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, it's just he just looks inaccurate on a bunch of throws. Uh, and they're not using his legs as much as what I think they could be, which is causing some problems. And at least in the first half, I know he kind of picked it up uh, against the Steelers in the second half, which uh, it looks kind of just like the Steelers' defense tends to just forget that there's a football game going on in the second half. But in the first half, Lamar Jackson made some bad decisions in that game, and I think he's made some bad decisions over the course of this season compared to last season. So that that's why I'm putting him at number ten. And uh, Mark, I don't know if you if you have your number ten ready here. If we just want to do a back and forth going down. Oh, for my number ten, you know, I I like to go more by by stats here. Um, but but I I think I'm gonna agree with you on Lamar here. I think he's the least worst. The thing with Lamar is, I think we all expected this, the Steelers locked down his opportunities to run. Um, and that's what a lot of teams, you know, teams know how to, you know, what to look for now. Like, they're going to play a spy on him. Granted, I know he's a slippery guy. He gets out of tackles all the time. He jukes guys. He makes them look silly. But he's going to have to prove that he can throw the ball consistently from within the pocket. And that's just something that I still don't think he's entirely comfortable with, and he hasn't performed uh, to expectations this year in that regard. So I'm going to agree with you on that. Lamar yeah. at number 10. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, just one last closing point on him. He, he has to become more like Russell Wilson, which is a pass-first player that can run, and less like RG3, which is just injury-prone running quarterback. So... Um, that brings me to number nine, and uh, another guy who maybe a couple weeks ago I might have had higher on this list, but he seems to you know be getting back into the flow of things. Maybe the preseason helps him out uh, some, and I'm gonna say Drew Brees here, and it's solely because of the start to the season, and I still think without Michael Thomas, he really isn't that great. But, uh, you know, once we get a little bit higher, you, you know, we get to listing the rest of the people on this list, you'll understand that he's number nine if you think he should be higher, um, which I don't think many people would. I, I think a lot of people would say, why is he even on this list? You know, he's all-time great and whatnot. But I don't know. He's basically just been dump off, I don't know, dump off dandy or whatever you want to call him, Alex Smith. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my number nine. That's my number nine. So this is where we're going to have our first difference. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking through this. I'm taking Breeze off of my list, um, actually. And I am replacing him in this spot with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. Yeah, I, and I'm, that's someone I didn't see on your list. And I'm going to tell you why. I, you know, I'm, I'm big into stats. If we look at QBR for this season, where do you think, where do you think Ben Roethlisberger sits? Let's see, and, and this is out of, you know, 158.3 is, is the best, correct? 
Uh, on QBR, right? Yeah, I I think this might be. No, this is this is based off of a hundred point scale. Mm, okay, I'm gonna say it's probably somewhere around. Yeah, I mean the first like three games, he was like, "Wow, this is like old Ben Roethlisberger," and then the past few games, it's been like, mm. but he's I don't know. I still think he's done better than some of these other guys, just because you didn't know with that injury what he was going to be. But I don't know. I figure that QBR rating you're talking about, maybe, I don't know. I'm assuming it's bad. So I'm going to say maybe like the 20th best in the league at like 60. You're actually almost spot on. He is 22nd in the league, right behind Daniel Jones at 61. Oh, baby, man. I'm a good guesser. And here's the thing, okay, having been Big Ben back, and this is why he's number nine, having Big Ben back is huge for the Steelers because they were playing with their third-string quarterback last year. Um, you know, sorry, Mason Rudolph and uh, anyone else who started. The for, Duck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Duck Hodges. But um, Big Ben is a big upgrade over them. However, Big Ben still a little bit inconsistent. You know, he's not what he used to be. But he does enough to get it done. I mean, he's also got, you know, the privilege of having great wide receivers to help him out a little bit. So I'm putting Big Ben there just because, you know, his he he's an upgrade for his team for sure. Uh, still not playing well. Underwhelming. Yeah. No, yeah, I get the number nine. You know, it's, you know, it's not, obviously it's not horrible. And I, 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 yeah, I understand. I understand the, you know, your selection there. So, but you want to go ahead and go. No, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight? My number eight, a guy who was once adorned as a potential MVP candidate, and now this guy, if I were to guess, will never be MVP in his whole career because he's actually not that good. Is Josh Allen? And uh, somehow the Bills are 6-2. and two. But like I said about the Packers last year, they might be... Uh, I don't know if they're, they're a worse 6-2 and two team than the Bears, which are, I don't even know what the Bears record. They're 5-3. and three. So, yeah, the Bills, they're probably the worst 6-2 and two team in the league. I mean, you, they, they can't even score a touchdown against the Jets. Are you kidding me? That, that, I feel like that's that's enough for me to just put Josh Allen at eight, which is still kind of low, but um, I don't know. He's he's good enough to win win them games in that division, so I can't put him you know too high on this list. But yeah. So do you know where Josh Allen ranks in QBR? Twelfth. Fourth. Oh my god. He's right behind Russell Wilson. Yeah, but just look how bad he's been the last, uh, nope, like, nope, five nope. weeks. And actually, I agree with you. I, I have Josh Allen here as well. Um, he, he got off to a real hot start. Um, but Josh Allen is not a quarterback that I am confident can go out and lead a fourth-quarter game-winning drive. You know, when things go bad for Josh Allen, they don't get better. You know, the good quarterbacks can overcome a slow start and move past that 
put it all behind them, and go out and play the rest of the game and play well. You know, I think part of this is Josh Allen was really overhyped, you know, going into this year. He's he's just a he's the type of player that they want to overhype, and he plays in an undesirable location in Buffalo. So, I I think that's part of the reason he came in overhyped. Um, he's not a bad quarterback by any means, but um, for what he was projected to. Be this year, according to many outlets, um, yeah, he's he hasn't lived up to the hype. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think he'll be. I don't think he'll ever be MVP, but I think he's a guy that could turn out to be, you know, a good player that can lead the Bills to division titles and win some playoff games. So yeah. So, number seven for me, it's a guy that I do like because he attended, you know, OU, Oklahoma, and that is good old Baker Mayfield. And I'm sure a lot of you out there might be thinking, why is he only number seven? And A, that's because everyone from number one to six is complete trash. Uh, But, uh, yeah, he's number seven because... You know, he has some good games. He can beat the bad teams. And uh, in this league, you have to be able to take advantage of the teams that are not very good. That's something that the the Cowboys tend to do is, you know, beat, beat the, the bad teams. And uh, so usually if you beat the bad teams, it's enough for you to get into, into the playoffs. And it's looking right now that they might just sneak their way in there. Uh, so, yeah, number seven for me. So at number seven, and, and you know you're not far off from what I'm thinking, but I I have Jared Goff, uh, mostly because I think Jared Goff is slightly, uh, slightly better than Baker. Uh, ba- Baker and Goff, in my mind, are two quarterbacks who have weapons. You know, that's not the problem. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers would kill to have the weapons that both of those guys have, I'm pretty sure. But they're both really inconsistent. And I just think that Baker is a little bit more inconsistent. Baker is horrible under pressure. Now, granted, I know Goff isn't great under pressure either, but, like, if you blitz uh, Baker Mayfield... He just crumbles. I mean, so so I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Goff at seven here. Uh, Baker's not far behind, so don't worry. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why I have. So I have Jared Goff at six, and I'll tell you why I have Goff at six and Baker at seven. Is at least the games that I've watched, and I've watched you know a fair amount of both these guys. And to me, Baker's problem isn't as much on his ability. It just seems like he, whenever he throws an interception, it seems like most of the time it's just because it's a terrible decision and he tries to force a lot. Like I, I feel like sometimes he thinks he's like Peyton Manning or 
you know, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, you know, Brett Favre, some of these guys that you can just, like, pinpoint, throw the ball. And it's, yeah, I think a lot of times he tries to force it, and it's not necessarily a bad throw. It's just a bad decision. Whereas Jared Goff, to me, man, like, he can throw some good balls, like, a couple of good balls in the game. And you're like, man, maybe Jared Goff was worthy of, like, the number one pick. And then you, like, watch, and the next throw that he makes is so bad that you're like, why was this guy even drafted in the first place? So, to be honest, Jared Goff, to me, is the one limiting factor for Los Angeles versus in Cleveland. Mayfield, I don't think, is the reason that they're necessarily losing a whole bunch of games. I think you could attribute it to the defense on some of them. Whereas the Rams, it's like if they had, you know, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, someone that was better than Goff, then they could be like serious, uh, you know, title contenders. Where right now you're like, eh, Jared Goff, eh, maybe a wild card win. So I don't that That's my reasoning but, but behind that. I don't know what you think. You know, I I pretty much already look. I I think Baker and Goff are almost neck and neck for me. I'm just putting Goff as seven and Baker as six simply because I think Goff, in my opinion, is slightly yeah. less worse. So yeah, no, I, I got I got very similar guys in my opinion, but yeah. Well, that that brings me to number five then, and that is Jimmy G. So this is a guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is his injuries. You know, it seems like you know, the one year he was healthy, they made it to the Super Bowl. So, who really knows? Um, but at least from what I've seen this season, injured or not, he just looks terrible to me. Like, I that game against the Dolphins, I think, said a lot because it seemed like, yeah, okay, maybe his ankle was causing him to not be able to throw the ball. But if you know that, like, I don't know. I feel like if you throw one interception, you're like, mm, my ankle's kind of rough. Then maybe you shouldn't be chucking the ball downfield. So uh, I don't know. I have him at number five just because I've never thought he's been like that good. But yeah, I mean, I I agree. I have Jimmy G here as well. Um, the thing with Jimmy G is he doesn't have the lofty expectations that some of these other quarterbacks have. You know, he. he he wasn't expected, at least not last year or this year, to be a guy who's going to go out and throw for 400 yards, you know, pass for 35 times in a game, lead their team. Like you mentioned earlier, he's kind of got that more of a game manager role. Um, you know, he, he's got to be able to make throws when he can make them. It's hard for me to judge because we don't have a huge sample size with him because he was hurt when he initially came um, – to San Francisco. Now, last year he was healthy, and, you know, like you said, they almost won the Super Bowl. This year, there's all the talk about the injuries. You know, he had the ankle, and then now the injury is, they say he's had a shoulder injury since week two um, that's really been bothering him and hasn't gone away, and that's why they have him out now. It's hard to judge him based off of that. It's obviously disappointing. Um, if you're the 49ers, you expect him to be on the field. You know, granted, not all of that's in his own control, but 
that that's probably why I, I have them at five. Mostly just because the expectations aren't as lofty as some of the other quarterbacks. I mean, he to be fair, he was like, you know, Bill Belichick wanted to keep him instead of Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I guess to a certain extent I agree about there hasn't been like super high expectations, but I feel like if Bill Belichick wanted to keep him instead of Tom Brady, then, you know, there's at least some sort of like, okay, he should be able to be more, a little bit more than a game manager, but... But yeah, I see your point. I see your point. Um, so that brings me to number four. Man, a guy that I love. I love him so much. And that is Nick Foles. But boy, oh boy, has he been straight trash uh, for the Bears so far. Oh, man. I, I, You know, that's all I have to say on Nick Foles. I can't dish on him too much. But... Okay, you're being a little bit too generous to Foles here. I have him lower. Uh, I have Carson Wentz here. Oh. And, and partially, now granted, Foles doesn't have much for weapons either, but uh, Carson Wentz has no wide receivers this year. Oh, I don't uh, hear it. Hey, look, I know. Look, he still hasn't been good. He's still okay. bad. I think all of these quarterbacks here in the top, in these the top four here, are all almost as bad as one another. But, and, and Carson Wentz doesn't do well under pressure. Um, and I, I know he's hasn't exactly been the, um, you know, quite the player they envisioned when it comes to consistency uh, on the field when they drafted him. But I still think he's been better than Nick Foles. Uh, from an expectation stand to performance ratio, so I have him at number four. Okay. Ah, well, yeah, I can't hate on Nick Foles too much, just just for what he did against the Patriots that year. Um, but uh, number three for me is a guy who I, I don't know if people have been waiting for his downfall. Um, but he's certainly someone I did not expect to be this bad, and that is Kirk Cousins. Man, at first, whenever he was with Washington, you know, for the first couple of years, and then he came to Minnesota, I was all in on the old Captain Kirk train. But, man, if you're a Vikings fan, you're thinking, why is Kirk Cousins our quarterback? Like, oh, it's just been absolutely atrocious. I mean, basically this past week, they're they were like, Okay, how do we how do we win this game? And uh, you know, I don't know if it was even as much as they're playing against the Packers to just straight up run the ball the entire time. But you know, whether or not that that was a formula to beating the Packers or for the Vikings just to be successful, uh, I think that's what they got to do. They they got to pass the ball like only fifteen times a game, do like six play action play action passes for for old cousins. And just let him make some easy throws, because he's just been utter trash. Yeah, I I have Kirk here as well. Um, yeah, not not much else to say. I mean, Minnesota gave him all this money, and the results have just not been there. Like, he just he throws some balls that just make no sense, and it's not like he hasn't had weapons. I mean, he had Adam Thielen. He had Stefan Diggs, 
against Kyle Rudolph. You know, he, he has good targets, and now they don't have digs, but Justin Jefferson's looked good so far this year. So it's not like he doesn't have people to throw to and people who can't get open. And honestly, he's got the advantage of he doesn't even have to be the focal point of their offense because they do have Dalvin Cook. But when he is forced to step up, which he should be able to do when you look at his contract, you know, if Cook's out and Madison's running, and granted Madison's not a bad running back, but he's not Dalvin Cook, can't carry the team like that, Kirk has proven time and time again that he cannot step up when the Vikings need him to and lead them to a victory. So, absolutely agree. Yeah. So that brings me to number two, which is Carson Wentz. And I know you you talked about him a little bit, but in my opinion, this past week, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Look, he doesn't have many people to throw to. But how many times are we going to use that as an excuse for Carson Wentz? Like, literally, the past three years has been, he doesn't have very many people to throw to, the Eagles are injured, and then the Cowboys this year are 2-6 and six and are on our third-string quarterback, and all I hear is, wow, the Cowboys are bad, they can't win games. And it's like, well, yeah, literally half our team is injured. But with the Eagles, it's like they get a free pass if they have injuries, and then it's all, wow, Carson Wentz is successful. He's a god. You know, it's like, give me a break with Carson Like last year, they were like, I don't know, four and five or whatever it was. No, they were like, I forget what, what their record was, but they won like five in a row there at the end. And it's like they played the Giants twice, in which they were behind uh, going into like halfway through the third quarter. They played Washington, and they played the Cowboys, which granted the Cowboys should have still won that game, but, I mean, they lost to the Dolphins last year, and I, I understand the Dolphins, you know, kind of were picking it up there at the end, but, I just don't understand why people think, like, keep giving Carson Wentz free passes. Uh, I don't know. This past week, you were playing one of the worst defenses in the league that made Trubisky look great last year, that made Kyle Allen and Daniel Jones look fantastic the past, you know, over the past three weeks. So, the fact that he turned the ball over four times against our defense, to me, he's just, he's so bad. He's just so bad. I think he can recover, but mm, I just think he should stop getting free passes. Like it's ridiculous. You know, he turned the ball over four times against your guys' defense, but Nick Foles could easily be throwing six interceptions in a game with how he's playing right now. I mean, I'm honestly shocked at how many balls he's throwing straight to defenders that are just being flat out dropped. I mean, honestly, with how bad he was this last week, I mean, this last week was absolutely horrible. Some of the worst quarterback play I've seen in a while. And granted, the stat sheet didn't look that bad, but again, the defense was just dropping wide open balls that he's trying to serve up to him. I mean, I don't know what his deal is. Honestly, I thought Mitchell Trubisky was going to come in, and I think the Bears fans were kind of hoping he'd come in. And if you know anything about Bears fans, they want Trubisky gone. He, they, they will do anything. They love the arrival of Nick Foles because even though they knew Nick Foles probably wasn't going to be, you know, crazy bet good or anything like that, it wasn't Trubisky. But honestly, at this point, 
I think Trubisky might actually have more. At least you know you'll get a half out of Trubisky. I mean. Look, they clearly should be running some sort of Buccaneers half-and-half system. Whenever the, you know, you know the Buccaneers, like a year or two ago, were doing one half Jameis Winston and their other half Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's clearly what they need to start doing. No, here's what they need to do. <laughs> they made the mistake of getting rid of Mike Glennon too early. Oh, you're they right. They need to bring him back, <laughs> let him finish out. You know, the, let you know they only gave him four games. You know, they signed him to a three-year deal, so they need to let him take the reins for you know two years. Oh I mean, man, I I think I saw that they were thinking about trading for like Sam Darnold. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Bears have look, they've never had a quarterback. Okay. What are you talking about, Rex Grossman? Well, you know, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler, Merck. <laughs> You're talking about legends. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Rex, good old, good old sexy Rexy. But ah, uh, yeah, they're. You're right. They they've always struggled in the running back department. That's been their real issue. But true, true, true. Th- moving on. Look, I don't want to spend a ton of time on pick number one here, because uh, we both oh, have the same guy. I do. Well. I'm just going to say it's Cam Newton. And if you've watched any football this year, you know why he's number one. Look, Cam Newton is utter trash. This is exactly what I thought he was going to do. I get it. The Patriots don't have many guys. But, you know, Tom Brady went 10-6. and six. I mean, give me a break and they're in a horrible division I, I get the Dolphins are playing better they still beat the Dolphins though um, it's just give me a break Cam Newton everyone thought it was oh this is the resurrection of Cam Newton's career Bill Belichick can work with any quarterback and now Bill Belichick's like we have nobody and Cam Newton kind of is terrible so it's you know I don't know just Cam Newton he's a terrible passer he's athletic he should just move to basketball uh, he cannot throw football, and then this past week he can't even hang on to a football while he runs. He fumbled the game away. So, yeah, maybe maybe Mark's right. We don't need to beat beat him down any more than we do. I mean, I love just you know knocking Cam Newton every week, but I don't know. You know, just people shouldn't have thought he was going to be so good this year, and maybe he wouldn't have been number one on this list, but. Well, let's let's go ahead and let's switch gears and just start getting into our picks here, okay? Okay, sounds good. And can I just say, Mark, how disappointed I am that you made the big brain pick have to be the Lions instead of the Dolphins? I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> uh, I just I just had to throw that in there. I, I you know, I don't want to I don't want to hate on you too much here, but but I will say, I've uh, over the past three weeks, I've just continued to increase my lead. So you need to step it up here. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to start getting bold here, anyways. Probably just start picking against whatever you pick. But I'm gonna start it out here with our uh, Thursday night game. Uh, my Packers playing the 49ers. Uh, here's all you need to know: the Packers under Matt Lafleur have never lost two consecutive games. Not happening here. 49ers are way too beat up. No Jimmy Garoppolo. No Trent Williams, no Ayuk, no everybody else that's missing on their team. There is no way they do what they did last year to us in the postseason. Packers should win this one easily. 
so Packers. Yeah. I'm... Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with the Packers just solely. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers are on, like, their four-string running back, so I wouldn't think, you know, he would put up 200 yards, but... We can make him look like, you know, a top-tier running back, though. I know, it's... Man. Oh, Giants and Washington are playing each other again already? Good night, they just played two weeks. Yeah, I'm... Oh, good night. This was such a close... This was literally a two-point conversion away the last time, and the last time I picked Washington... Yeah, I guess I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the Giants because they've looked pretty good the last two games. I've just managed to choke it away at the end. So. Yep, same here. Giants actually haven't looked horrible recently, so uh got to give them the pick over Washington. Um, next, we've got the Bears and the Titans. Um, as you know, I've picked against the Bears, I think, every week and against a team like the Titans, uh, they're going to beat the Bears handily. Yeah, so hold on. Let me pull up the Titans' schedule. I just need to look. You need uh, to see if they're if this game, if it goes in the win or loss column for them to get to 9-7, and seven, right? Correct, correct. So, yeah, so that'd be 6. Yeah, I'm going to put this in the win column for the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be a win. Just because the Bears, I think, are so bad. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, next, we've got the Lions at the Vikings. I'm picking the Vikings. Uh, part of that reason is uh, Matthew Stafford was in close contact, uh, and so he's currently on the COVID, with a, someone who had COVID, so he's on the COVID-19 list. Uh, his status for Sunday is questionable, so. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll pick the I'll pick the Vikings as well, just because. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd pick the Lions anyway if they had Matt Stafford. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's another toss-up game. I feel like. Uh, next, we've got the Panthers at the Chiefs here. I'm going to guess we're both picking the Chiefs. Am I right? Look, I don't think I've picked against the Chiefs all year. I know they did lose one game. But, uh, but yeah. We've, we've got two wonderful teams here. We've got the Texans at the Jaguars. What are you Yeah, I'll go, with, I'll go with the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson is surely too good to lose to the Jaguars. I, I agree here as well. Better quarterback play is the difference here. Uh, we've got the Ravens at the Colts, which could be an interesting matchup. I'm interested to hear your take. Mark, I will give you the free win here by taking the Colts. You know, I was going to pick the Colts here. Fine, I'll pick the Ravens. Then. You do whatever you want. I'll just pick whatever opposite you want to. I'm going with the Ravens. Okay, I'm going with the Colts then. <laughs> well, I was going to say, hey, I'm, the Colts got to win this division somehow. Look, look, I'm going with the Ravens, but I know the Colts will win. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we've got the Seahawks and the Bills here. Uh, 
I think the Seahawks are a team I've picked almost every week, if not every week. Uh, and I'm going to pick them again. So, just Russell Wilson, too good. Bill's defense hasn't been as good as it was last year, so. Yeah, uh, Seahawks. I, the Bills are, the Bills are frauds. We, we've got the Broncos and the Falcons here. Uh, I'm going with the Falcons. I think they have more of a capability to put up points. Yeah, well, you doubted you doubted the Falcons this past week, so. I know, uh, yeah, the, the Falcons. I think this will be close, though. I don't. I think the Falcons are going to run away with this one. Um, Raiders at Chargers. Thoughts? Man, the Raiders continue to get wins, albeit ugly wins. Uh, but I'm going with the Raiders because the Chargers just can't seem to actually win a game. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, the Chargers could win. The Chargers look like they're going to win every week until you see the final score. So, yeah, I'll pick the Raiders, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'm picking the Raiders as well. Honestly, I kind of got to think with all the games that Anthony Lynn, Lynn's team has blown, I, I don't see him lasting with the team much longer if they keep blowing leads. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going with the Raiders as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see them getting rid of Anthony Lynn. Uh, at least this season. But if they're bad again next season, I could definitely see it. But he might. I think he'll be on the hot seat this year, but not quite get fired just yet. Because I think there could be not to bring politics. There might be a little bit of race. Yeah, at least by the network saying, oh, why'd you fire, you know, a black coach or whatever. But I don't know too much about the Chargers organization to know if they would be pressured into that. But we'll move off that. So the Steelers and the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm penciling this one as, as the Steelers for both of us. Look, Mark, you don't know, but the Cowboys are going to win this game. Do you actually believe that? Look, this is... No, I don't. But uh, I think if we were healthy, this might be the game that everyone predicts. Can I just say, in the last 10 years, uh, so about 10, maybe 10 to 12 years ago, we played the Colts. The Colts were like 10-1. and one. Nobody thought we were going to win. You know what we did? We beat the Colts that year, and they had Peyton Manning. Uh, then... Uh, in 2011, the year the Giants beat the Patriots, uh, the Cowboys played the Saints uh, in New Orleans, and uh, we won that game, and the Saints were undefeated, and uh, then, you know, just a couple years ago, we played the Saints again, and... Nobody thought we would win, but we did. So who knows? Maybe we, maybe Cooper Rush. We're I think we're starting Cooper Rush this week. So watch out, watch out for a surprise W. But I can't pick the Cowboys, obviously. <laughs> Do 
do not bet on the Cowboys. Um, Can I just say, if if I was a sports better so far this year, I would be doing absolutely fantastic. I oh, mean, I need to get in the sports betting. Well, well, what would your bet be on this Dolphins at Cardinals matchup? Look, I can't bet against Kyler Murray here. I don't know what the actual like spread is, because obviously if you were betting, you'd have to look at the spread, not just who wins the game. But... I don't know. If you were asking me, maybe the spread is closer than what I would think it is. But to me, it would be like, if I was doing a spread, it would be Cardinals 7.5. Just because the way the Cardinals have been playing seems like they should be able to win by more than a touchdown. But it might be something like Cardinals 6.5 to where if they only win by like a field goal, you know, I, I don't know what the actual spread is, but obviously if I was going to bet, I would just bet the Cardinals no matter what, no matter what the spread is. Yeah, I'm also picking the Cardinals here. Mark, you're not being very bold here. Right now, I've made the only bold choice of picking the Colts, so. Hey, don't, don't you worry. I'm, I'm going to get bold here on our last game. But... Let me guess. You're going to pick the Saints. Well, that's not our last game. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> but, oh, boy, I can't wait for that Monday night game. <laughs> uh, Sunday night, we've got the Saints at the Buccaneers. Uh, could be a good game, um, but I, I think I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here. Hmm. Well, it's too bad for you, Mark, because I was also going to pick the Buccaneers. Oh... <laughs> uh, we come to our probably the best Monday night matchup uh, you could have asked for. Honestly, I'm wondering how the league even scheduled this in good faith anyways. Because uh, even before the season, this looked like a horrible matchup. <laughs> but got the Patriots at the Jets. Um, look. <laughs> Can't be they need to, why, why don't they just flex this game? Yeah. Flex, flex this like, I don't understand. Look, I get, like, the Cowboys bringing in a ton of money, so maybe they don't want to flex out the Cowboys from a night game. But give me, like, you got a great Thursday night game, theoretically, with the Packers and the 49ers. But not even theoretically is the Patriots and the Jets a good Monday night game. Like, flex, like, the Ravens and the Colts to that game or something. Or the Seahawks and the Bills. Like, come on. Yeah. This is a bad game. Um... And I told you I was going to be bold. I'm not really being bold here and picking the Patriots. Like I've said all year, uh, the Jets will not win a game this year. Uh, and they lose to the 0-16 Lions 16 times. So even though Cam Newton's been terrible, uh, I don't see any way the Patriots... I mean, honestly, the Jets players don't even want to be there from what it looks like. So... Yeah... Yeah, it's basically impossible to pick the Jets, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that this week doesn't provide much of a spread in us picking games. But, I, I, I don't know, like, I guess, like, I think you could have picked the Chargers, you, you know, one of us could have picked the Broncos here, you know, obviously somebody could have picked the Saints, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't figure we'd get all these correct. 
But uh, we will. I mean, I guess the first week we were almost like I think we just missed two apiece. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious. The last two weeks, I know we've hit pretty well. I think like last week, I think I missed like four games total, something like that. So, I'd be curious to next week. We might have to, you know, I might have to calculate it, calculate it up again to give us a little mid-season update. But yeah, that might be good. L- let me know where when I need to start. Just letting you pick first, and I pick the opposite. <laughs> Aside from when you pick against the Jets. Um, can't do that in good faith. Right. But. I mean, I feel like at this point we could probably pretty safely go against the Cowboys in every game as well. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point. Maybe Cooper Rush goes out there and slings it, though. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does. Let's hope. Nah, tank for Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonas, you know, this is this is a new thing we wanted to add. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Our our love for Rutgers. Um, you know, we want we want to start bringing you uh, important sports news. Uh, we want to start introducing a Rutgers fact every week because of the impact that they have had, not just on college sports but professional sports as a whole. Uh, they've truly transformed um, every facet of every game that they've ever touched. So, Jonas, did you want to talk about our fact for this week? Yeah, yeah. First, uh, you know, I'll pose the question to to the audience. Uh, just, you know, we'll give you a few seconds here to just think about the one sport that Rutgers has won a national championship in. So, there's been one sport in Rutgers that has won a national championship. Um... And, uh, Mark, just before before we say it, what would have been your guess? Uh, I know you, you know now, but what what would you have guessed? Is chess a sport? <laughs> uh, you know what? I would consider it a sport, but I don't know if Rutgers <laughs> has... You know, I guess that might be the fact for next week. Does Rutgers have a chess? <laughs> uh... I, to me, my guess would have been something like women's soccer. Or or maybe something like track, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it is actually Rutgers women's basketball. So they won a uh, national championship in 2007. Uh, and I think it said they were a four seed, if I remember correctly. And... Uh, they also won a championship in 1982. However, it wasn't a national championship. I guess they were in a different thing, and it was the uh, what was that? It was, I think it was like Association for Intercollegiate. Frick. Let me let me click on this real quick. Let me let me let me let me find this. It was something weird. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's that important, but I don't know if he can pull it up real quick. I'll, I'll do some research while you're doing it as well. But, yeah, it was, 
Let's see here. It was something weird. Something real weird. Association for Intercollegiate Athletics for Women title. What a man. Uh, yes. Uh, I imagine that's why they got rid of that. I don't know if that was like... I don't know why they had that. There might be something weird. Like, I mean, like you have the NAIA conference. It might have just been something weird for that. Or it was probably, I'm assuming it was before they considered like women's and men's sports under like the same umbrella, maybe. I don't know. Um, but it does say they came into the game as underdogs for this 1982 title, but were able to secure an 83 to 77 victory. Um, some chick named Patty Coyle was the MVP with 30-point performance, so look her up, maybe, if you want to, well, I, I guess. I, I don't even have to look her up. I mean, that's that's in history books. That's right, that's right. Let's see, where was that? Uh... Oh, yes. Uh, number four-ranked Scarlet... So, 2007, they led the number four-ranked Scarlet Knights past Duke. Ooh, man, that's that's a big one right there. Arizona State and LSU uh, in the oh oh you know let me let me recant this 2007 <laughs> they only made it to the national championship game <laughs> they didn't actually win they lost to Tennessee <laughs> so uh, that's a big rip uh, that will be you know fact check me on that one uh, you know I'm sorry for all the all of our massive Rutgers fan base out there for, uh, you know, spoiling that and, uh, you know, maybe bringing back some salt there. But, uh, hey, you won 1982 AIAW whatever uh, championship. So, you know, that's probably more than, I don't know, some other schools maybe. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh, good old Rutgers. Even whenever you think they won a championship, they didn't win a championship. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to continue to bring in. Maybe next week we'll find something that's just completely absurd. Like they lost like, you know, like that game that was like 222 to zero, whatever school that was in football. Which, which game like that? I think they've had a couple. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure they have. But, uh, yeah. I'm sure they have more bad facts than good facts, unfortunately for them. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, Mark, you got anything else on the NCAA? I mean, on football, college football? Hmm. Well, you know, I've got a little bit more Rutgers news. Um, okay, that one sounds good to me. Rutgers pulled off one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen that didn't count. <laughs> Uh, yes. They, they had a lateral play um, that was just absolutely insane. Uh, there were some wild moves on it. One of my favorite things I've ever seen on a lateral play is an offensive lineman <laughs> taking the ball and just throwing it over his head, kind of like what you'd see like a bride do at a wedding with the flowers. <laughs> Like, doing that with the football, not knowing yes. if there's anyone behind him. I mean, one of the funniest things to watch. Um, unfortunately, there was a holding penalty on it, I believe. Oh, my. Of course. The refs couldn't just let that go, could they? they, they, they look, they, they weren't, they weren't going to win the game, but 
It's it's unfortunate that that had to happen, or or, or I, I believe it was a holding penalty. When they when they went back and reviewed it, there was there was something that they saw, but it didn't count. Um, but it was still one of the most impressive plays that I've ever seen. Yes, only somebody like Rutgers could do that. And the only reason they had to do that is because they took like three sacks in a row, and it was like fourth and thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was. Uh, you know, they just they wanted to challenge themselves. Um, they did. Maybe they should do that in the first play of the game. Honestly, I mean, I'd like to see an offense that's revolved only around laterals. <laughs> just a whole game. Maybe a team like Clemson should do a whole game against Rutgers, where they only lateral. I think the Jets might as well just try that in their games. It have to be better than whatever offensive scheme they're using right now. <laughs> That's true. Maybe they can finally... What if the players just audible to that in every game just to get Adam Gase fired? Uh, that would be phenomenal. Although, I don't think it matters at this point. I think... Honestly, since they haven't fired him at this point, I think Adam Gase is going to be here for the rest of the year. Man, they're just flushing Sam Darnold down the toilet. That's rough. But, uh, well, we're glad that you cared about that so much. And, uh, you know, we, we know you'll continue to care about uh, Rutgers because, let's face it, we, we all do. We all have a deep spot in our heart for the good old college of Rutgers. Uh, and now we get to our portion of the sports we don't care about, and we definitely don't care about uh, them as much as we do Rutgers. But uh, if you pay attention to tennis whatsoever, uh, you might be shocked that Andrei Rublev, the Russian fellow, just won his fifth ATP final of this year, and you have to take into consideration that... About a third of the year was canceled due to the coronavirus, so that kind of makes it even more impressive. Um, you know, he did lose in both the French Open and the U.S. Open pretty early, so I do think he's a guy that might get a, get worn out over a three-set, you know, where you have to win three sets, so a five-set match. Um, but clearly, in th- you know, the best of three sets, uh, he performs quite well, and uh, maybe you could attribute his victory, and this was in Vienna, uh, to uh, Novak Djokovic actually getting upset by some dude named Lorenzo Sanigo, and I actually saw some highlights from this match, and the Sanigo guy actually played extremely well, so uh, that was quite impressive, and I think it kind of flips the other way with Djokovic. In a best of five, it's extremely difficult to beat guys like Djokovic and Nadal. But if it's only a best of three, you can tend to get more upsets. And I think that is kind of why there's such a large gap between, you know, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer for, like, the the Grand Slam finals. And uh, just because it's so much harder to win three sets versus two and actually having to close out that, that third set. So... You know, there's tennis. Tennis is going on, like, literally, like, 24-7. So, you know, we're just always going to have tennis news on on this section. So maybe, you know, through this section, some of you can can learn a little bit of stuff about the good old sport of tennis. Uh, 
But uh, I also saw, as far as golf goes, Justin Thomas is out of quarantine. And that's about the only golfer that's of any importance that I know of. Obviously, Tiger Woods. Mark, did, did you know that about, let's see, when about uh, maybe last week, July, first week of August or so, there was actually a major golf tournament in Branson. No, I did not. So, I don't know if you know where the sinkhole is in Branson. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have not. So, yeah, there was actually a sinkhole that popped up. And, I mean, I guess sinkholes can be pretty random because, like, it's just kind of, like, all over the place, like, where it just sunk in. And you just have these massive pillars standing up. And there's no way to, to get to some of them, obviously. But they're just, you know, they're just, like, sitting there as, like, massive, like, rock pillars. And then you just have, like, a massive, you know, drop-off. And so, of course, I guess, you, there's this massive sinkhole. What's the, the American thing to do? Uh, it's to build a golf course around it, I guess. So they, they literally built a, actually, a 19-hole golf course, um... Obviously, only 18 of them are, you know, actual regulation. But uh, the 19th hole looks beautiful. Like, it, it is one of the most beautiful holes, like, you'll ever see. And part of that is because uh, you tee off, and th there's only a green in the middle of a pond, right? And then in the, the back of, you know, where you're teeing off from, behind the green, is just massive rock you know, structure. So you're, you're basically playing a hole in the sinkhole pretty much. And, uh, yeah, it's, there's no land connecting to the green or anything. So I'm, I guess they just use a boat to get out there or something to pick up the balls. But it's, it's, it's extremely beautiful, but, uh, it also will cost you about $180 to play one round. So. Seems worth it to me. Hey, if I had the money, I'd, I'd do it once. But I, I wish I would have known about that before because I would have gone and, and, you know, watched that. Obviously, I'm talking about Branson, Missouri, if you don't know. And you're listening out there because, you know, I figure there's probably a Branson everything, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one of our facts uh, at some point can be uh, how many Bransons there are in the U.S. But... You know, I could probably bring that up next week. Just for curiosity's sakes. Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, sports news is kind of winding down a little bit, so got to find something to fill the void. That's right, that's right. we got to find something for our most interesting section of the podcast, you know, besides Rutgers. Of course, of course. Of course. Oh, and then I guess that reminds me of the good old Mark, you, you know, you know. So, apparently... Um, MLS playoffs or something. Maybe they don't call them playoffs. Maybe they pronounce it differently. I don't. I don't know. Um, apparently they're coming up. I. I really care for the MLS, let alone the MLS playoffs, about as much as I care. Uh, for the NFL preseason refs. Um, <laughs> you know, with all the holding calls and all oh, the yes. jazz. So, uh, if you don't get it. What about what what about the replacement rust mark? You know, 
they hurt me. They hurt me good. Fail Mary was was about it for me. But I, you know what? I I don't appreciate ending this on a such a sorry note. That brings back a lot of uh, hostile feelings. But don't have to worry about that anymore. But you know, m moving on. You know this. I think that's pretty much everything we have to cover, am I correct, Jonas? Yeah, I I guess, like, the only thing I would mention, uh, not sports-related at all, is just, uh, you know, hopefully the quality, the, the sound quality is uh, better uh, this episode, and maybe a little bit better last episode on Mark's end, because we do actually have, you know, good microphones now, and we're not simply using... Uh, our phone audio or laptop audio anymore so hopefully there has been an improvement there um, yep, I don't know if you have anything hopefully uh, going to start trying to work on a little bit of the editing side and um, hopefully adding a little bit more of a visual element to our YouTube channel um, yes it would be nice I, I don't know how to do it necessarily you know obviously I could just look it up and whatnot, but I don't know if there's some way we could record ourselves, like link, do some sort of video chat. I'm sure there's some way we could do that. No, no, we could we could totally make that work. Maybe, maybe that'll be a, like a holiday special. Maybe, know, maybe that'll be like a, what is it? What episode? I, that'd be approximately the fifteenth episode, maybe around December, Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could we could just kind of skip a few numbers and make it happen. Yes, we can just call it, like, uh, episode XV. It could, it could just be the beginning of season two. <laughs> oh, you're right, it could be. But, There's no know, limit on how long seasons are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, well, that's that's a little bit to hopefully uh, whet your appetite a little bit. Uh, yes, so, yes. This has been episode eight of the MJ Sports Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be right back with you next week. Sounds good, brother.